Welcome to another episode of Let's Discuss It Podcast. I'm sitting here with Leah and Leslie Daniel. Now, when I tell y'all that this is the most anticipated and followed interview that I've ever done since I've started this last year, words couldn't describe it, numbers couldn't describe it. I would literally have to show you the reach that this last interview that I did has made a difference in a lot of people's lives, whether it's good, bad, racist comments, arguments, uh, praise. We're going to get into all that when it comes to this whole situation and this part two of this interview. Leah, Leslie, thank you for coming in and having another discussion with me. Thank you for having us. Okay. So now that Leslie's here, we need to touch in on the... All right, so I got a bunch of questions because I'm curious. But in all reality and in all seriousness, and honestly, if you can, you know, just give me the honest answer you can give me. When you heard part one, what did you really think about the interview? You know, I <clears throat> I know it's hard to for anybody to, t- to tell their story. Um, and, and you have to get get to the point where you can talk about your story and to tell it the truth is I wasn't there for for Leah's uh entire story and uh but I support her through it and uh try to help her get through it and uh understand her story so we can we can move past her story um and I I think that I felt like um you know the truth hurts sometimes uh and 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 some people don't like when when the truth comes out right um you know and i i commend her for for getting on and talking about it and uh being able to to tell her story and um hopefully that there's there's others out there maybe having the same stories that they can relate and know how to deal with them well, tell me this, though. When you knew that this story had come out about her childhood and being that you were through a lot of the family drama, as we would call it, when you were going through all that with her and you were dealing with the baby daddy issues, when you were sitting back in a way being silent, because from what I've gathered from your personality, you're not the type that's just going to jump out the gate and say whatever you want. You're more of a calculated thinker. And when you think about this situation and you heard the story, did you feel like the backlash was going to be way worse than you seen it? Or did you anticipate maybe it would, the story will be told, it'll be out there for the universe to hear? And how did that actually make you feel when you saw the response of it? The truth is, it whether you, whether you get on here and you, and you do a podcast, uh, people know the truth. Um, actions, uh, speak a lot louder than people's words. They can sit behind a, a, a computer and type all day long. They can sit behind a phone and, and, and text you all day long and, and call you and leave you this nasty voicemail. But the truth is, is it, when it comes out, it, it shows what kind of, what kind of person you really are. And, uh, I don't have to talk. I don't have to, I don't have to voice my opinion, uh, when when things happen, I, maybe I don't agree with or I, I don't think are, are right because <clears throat> people that know me know who I am and how I am. And that's bottom line. Like, I'm going to stand up and I'll, I'll tell you how I feel, but I'm not going to go off the chain like some of these folks because they have to do that. They have to uh, make a scene and uh, defend themselves. I don't have to defend myself because I'm real every single day. And I don't have to to run my mouth to to let people know that uh, I'm real and I, you know, oh, I, I didn't do this or I did that. No, I I tell you what I do and what I don't do, and I'm I'm gonna be nothing but honest with you. So, you know, <clears throat> you're gonna get all kinds of reactions from from different people, which is cool because uh, you know we're not here sitting in these chairs talking with you doing a podcast for them. 
we're here for us and we're here for uh, the the supporters and the people that need to hear this story and want to hear this story. And if you don't, don't listen. Well, throughout this whole thing, you've managed to keep your composure. And when you listened to the whole podcast, which I'm sure you did, was any bit of Leah's story exaggerated in a, in, in a bit? I, I can't speak on her childhood. Uh, I wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. But I can speak from whenever I came into the picture uh, until uh, the present time. And, you know, we can sit here and go back and forth. We did this in court. We can argue. Uh, Everybody's like, oh, there's uh, three sides to the story. There's your side, uh, their side, and the truth. Uh, I'm here to tell you that I'm only going to speak the truth, and that's just who I am, and that's who I'll always be. Uh, you know, what she spoke of is what we dealt with. It's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't like to admit the truth sometimes, and that's okay because that's on you. Uh, yeah. I have to I have to answer for me and what I tell and what I say and what I do. So, right. you know, it 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 was a it was a bad time, but you know what? Uh, I feel like uh, the truth uh, always comes out, and you know, people see uh, pe- other people's true colors, and it don't take a lot of talking to see someone's true colors. Um, but as far as my the part of my story with as when I met Leslie, where I was at in the story with my family. I mean, she had those conversations with people in my family. She sat down and had a conversation with someone in my family who that has nothing to do with me or my children and said, look, Leah would love nothing more than to have a good relationship with you. And, I mean, she had those discussions. She saw it. She's witnessed it. And here we are four years later and still nothing nothing's changed so tell me this when 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 you were intervening and well i don't want to say intervene but when you were mediating during a bad situation of someone you're in a relationship with and you see that really all you want all you leah wants is a relationship with the family that you know cared for i guess um was that scary for you to jump into that situation and kind of say listen as you know because you see people do it all the time where you see a best friend do it for another best friend they'll go speak on their behalf without them, I guess, really kind of knowing, or they do know, you know, they'll come to them and they'll be like, hey, you know, this person really loves you and they really want you to be around. Like, can we make this work? It was, was that something you were trying to do, trying to mend the fences between them? Yeah, I actually said those exact words to, to some of these people. And, you know, I can, I can try to be a mediator um, mm-hmm. all day long. And, and sometimes that's what's needed in a relationship because say you have two stubborn people and all they need is a mediator in between them to say, Hey, like she really cares about you. She really loves you. And she really wants you to be a part of her life because I know that's what I'm being told at home. Uh, I love my family. I just want to be, I want to be a part and I want them to be a part. And then after, you know, four years goes by and, and you, you talk until you're blue in the face and you can't make them be a part. So, you know, after a while, you're not going to keep uh, begging and tugging and pulling for somebody to be a part of your life because you know what? I, I'm not going to beg anybody to be a part of my life. If you want to be here, great. Come on, jump in and I'm gonna love you hard. And if you don't bye. well, when I was thinking about the post that we you know, when we made, when we finished the interview and then the interview was posted, the wildfire of reactions that it received, it was good, positive. I've had some negative. I've had some threats. You know, I've had, um, I've had legal action threatened against me. Uh, when these certain individuals are going in and they're trying to deter the story because maybe it exposed a lot of things that they were hoping would just kind of go away. Um, a lot of the comments were, 
well, poor Leslie, poor this, poor that. Oh, you know, she this, this, and this, and this. It's kind of hard for people to not look when you're on social media and they make a post. A lot of people who don't know you will just judge off that that simple post, right? So, as I've gotten to know you the past couple of weeks, I feel like you have a you know you have your own story and your own indifferences and your own sufferings, and I would personally like to get to know that. So, as far as what you went through in life that's made you the person that you are today. Like, tell me a little bit about that. Tell me, tell me where this all came from. So I I grew up in a small town in Tennessee. Um, You know, everybody has their childhood things that happen, life happens, you know, and and things. But whenever I was um, in about the fifth grade, uh, I had an older sister and she uh, got pregnant in high school and, uh, had a baby and <clears throat> I'm here and I'm able to talk about my story and tell it and it took a lot of years to get there and a lot of heartache and pain and and tears to be able to talk about my story but being a police officer helped me get there because I feel like I was helping other children get through the same situations um, but growing up uh, my parents um, allowed my sister's boyfriend at the time who uh, she was pregnant by live in our house and uh he he raped me for three years and uh, ended up having to move in with a different family. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm able to talk about it and and learn from it, live from it. And it made me who I am today because, you know, I can look back and I could have you can let things in life like that ruin you. And there was times I thought, man, this is like really hard to do with. I was young. You know, my sister runs off with him and leaves the kids there. And I'm just a kid myself, you know. And How old were you when that happened? Fifth grade. I was in the fifth grade. Oh, my God. So it was a a terrible time, you know. Um, But I I think that's how I'm able to relate to other people so well. And, Mm. uh, you know, I it's your story uh shitty things happen in life in your story and they suck and we don't always understand why but i say this day in and day out and i know i've said it to you so many times yeah find a positive in a negative situation i can look around and i can find every negative thing of a situation that ain't hard to do Mm -hmm. but if you will deep search deep down and find the positive in those negative situations then you'll be better off and like you will you will be able to move forward past your story i'll give you a quick example whenever i was uh 16 17 years old me and some of my friends were gonna go to the beach we were supposed to leave at you know a certain time it was gonna be early in the morning and i think it was like 5 a.m well one of the girls was late getting getting to the place where we're leaving from and all all the other you know people that were going were so mad at her they were like we're supposed to be here at 5 a.m like where's she why is she not here we're gonna be late to the beach like we're trying to get there and i i had to teach myself at a young age like you know it's easy to say everything happens for a reason but it really does and the truth is we don't have any control over it and so why let something bother you so much that you don't have control over and so i remember sitting there in the car with all these other people waiting on this one girl to get there and at 16 years old and i told them i said guys there's a reason she's not here and we're not leaving i said think about this i said think about if we were going to meet a drunk driver on the way and we would have left at the right time and that would have been the exact time we were going to meet him and wreck and kill us all so 
it kind of changed their whole mindset. They were like, you know, that's true. You're right. And that's how I live every single day. Because if you let negative people and negative situations bring you down, they'll do it all day long. But if you stand firm and you say, you know what? No, I'm going to find a positive in this negative situation that you're trying to throw at me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bust through that wall, and that's that's just how I live. It is just fascinating to me that someone who endures such a trauma as being raped as a well, you were in fifth grade, right? Mm-hmm. And you you suffered through it for three years, not knowing how to express such a, a basically a traumatic I mean a traumatic event because at that age, I mean, you would think that. I mean, I don't, I've never had that happen, but, like, what was going through your mind? Like, why why didn't you come forward on that? Well, there's a there's a lot of things that, that happened, and, you know, I was a kid, and so, yeah. you know, things are told to you, oh, well, I, you know, I'll hurt you, i kill you, you tell somebody, and I'm right. like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say nothing, you know? And yeah, you, fear, you, fear did it. I mean, you're scared about what might happen, you know, and, it's, it's a lot of emotions going through your head, and a lot of people don't understand. They're like, well, why didn't you, you know, that's just like if someone is in an abusive relationship. They're like, why didn't you get out? Well, why, well, why, didn't, you, why didn't you just leave him? Why didn't you uh, run away or this or that? And it, it, it is fear, um, most certainly, that, that keeps you to, you know, not saying anything because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you, you think yeah. back and you're that young. Are people going to believe you? Are they going to believe that older person over you, that person that's, you know, you know way older than you you know you're just a kid like are they gonna believe you that would be the worst thing to tell somebody something that you know that would be a brave thing to do which is tell them something that that horrific happened to you and then not believe you so where did what would you i mean in my head i'd be like where would i go from here you know because when you're that young and you're fearful because it's you know this person is doing this to you and then they're threatening you and then you know instead of like like even now even when you're speaking on your traumatic um, events like you were still like you said you said something positive about it. you said listen i went through this i've endured this but it made me look at things differently and i can help people as i went on through life so when you had all these events happen and then you're having to grow up as an adult and you're enduring this and when you being a police officer at one point did you see any of these type of situations happen that you were able to console kids who dealt with that? oh yeah it was like an, an everyday thing you know that i dealt with situations like this and i can't tell you how many times that you know a kid wouldn't talk to anybody else and i would come into the room and just talk to them and just tell them my story and once they heard my story it was like they could trust me and they they knew that they could tell me and talk to me and get it off their chest and i mean there's numerous amount of of kids that would would tell me their story when they wouldn't tell anybody else right and <clears throat> so yeah that's that's how i found a positive in my negative situation in life and i find a positive in it every single day because you know what there's nothing that anybody can say or do or throw at me or, or, or hit me with that I can't handle because you know right. what if I can make it through that and I can handle that I can handle anything in life well I'll tell you this and I and this is I haven't I mean we we talked and texted a few times but <clears throat> let me just speak on your character on how I see it and so people can see you know how I see you and how other people will see you if they were in the same situation for the past couple, I've gotten to know you in the past couple of weeks since the podcast, right? I went up to your store. I visited y'all a couple of times. We talked about, you know, certain things that we're wanting to put into effect. And then I had something in my personal life happen. And I've come to you for advice. And 
I've come to you to talk and I come to you to vent. And every single time I've come to you, you have been probably the most uplifting and inspiring like motivator when it came to responding back to me. You may not have responded back to me when I do it, you know, when I text you because I know you're busy. I know you're, you're working and so was I. I just find spare moments. But everything you've ever told me, you, you're like, hey, like you would give me a really good explanation following it up with, you can do this. Like you can get through this. Like you, you know, you have no idea like what you can do if you push through. And like a lot of people don't understand that just because, just because you go through something so traumatic so early on, that the better person of you doesn't come out. And as I've gotten to know you the past couple of days and the more I've talked to you, the more like I'm privileged to be your friend, you know? And so, you know, I think people need to take into consideration before they start attacking you because of the first podcast that they need to get to know you first. And I think once they hear your story, then they'll be able to understand, you know, how it, how it kind of feels like to sit back and, watch you know your wife go through some drama with her baby daddy and then this the kid situation and all this other stuff and to sit back and just be silent it's really hard especially when you love someone as hard as you love leah like it's hard to sit back and do nothing and be patient because patience is leah said it last time she's like leslie told me just be patient he's you know he's doing this he's you know it all it's not going to work out for him to have that kind of mind state to have that kind of way of thinking after everything you went through, it's, it's it's like your your character is impeccable when it comes to understanding. And I feel like a lot of people need to really either grasp that or just accept it and understand that you're not going to be the first to respond. Like even when all these reactions were coming out on the first podcast, I didn't see you jump in on either one of them because I don't see you as an argumentative person. I see you more trying to Listen, you may feel like this and you may not like what well, you know what you just heard, but it's the truth and there's nothing we can do about it. And when you know, going by that, like tell me Leah, when when this podcast dropped, what was your first initial reaction the first 24 hours of it? The first 24 hours it was great. And then it was like when it started being shared and growing and growing and then the people who um, got their feelings hurt. Yeah. Their reactions were, I never expected that because I, like, I can honestly sit here and say like, no, I told you my truth. Mm-hmm. And, but, but in the last week or so, I've realized that like people like that, they can't handle the truth. And they, I mean, I guess all, for all these years, Everybody just thought I was going to move away and out of that part of Gibson County and not tell my side of the story. And I didn't. I didn't talk about it. I Every day, people, you know, when they put two and two together and figured out who I was, it was like, oh, you're so-and-so's daughter. Oh, you're so-and-so's sister. Oh, you know. And and I, I, told, I can't tell you the number of times that I came home from work and I told Leslie, like, yeah, somebody came in the store today again and they said that they knew – my family, I said, and you know, so bad inside of me, I want to be like, well, tell them I said hi, you know, <laughs> tell them my kids are doing great. Um, and through my counseling, I had to get to a place where, like, I don't silence that little 12-year-old girl anymore. Right. Like, that's the only way that I could grow from the situation. And 
my goal in this podcast was never to hurt anyone. Um, and I understand that it has, and I'm not sorry for that. My goal in this podcast was to give someone else hope who had dealt with rejection. Leslie and I have both dealt with rejection. Mm -hmm. Not only did that traumatic experience happen to her when she was in the fifth grade, I was also in the fifth grade when my parents got a divorce, but her family rejected her and she had to move in with another family. Like instead of protecting her and loving her through it. And I mean, that's a whole nother level of rejection that I had, but it's almost like negligence. Is Absolutely. What you, you would call, I would call it that. Absolutely. I mean, oh gosh, it's a whole nother level of trauma. And yeah. so when, when I met Leslie, she didn't know all this about my family and yeah. she didn't know about my childhood, but it wasn't until probably what, two years in our marriage that I realized, and I've been told this my whole life, like you've got some issues, like you've got some anger issues you lie a lot and I got to thinking about it and I was like you know and I tell this I would tell the stupidest lies like uh I'm trying to think of an example but it was always I felt like I needed to tell people what they wanted to hear oh okay well guess so so these people who are calling me a liar guess what I did probably lie to them because I knew that if I told them the truth they wouldn't love me Right. So it's like self-preservation. Absolutely. On every level. I knew that if I told them, hey, I know that you hate my dad, but he's my dad and he's the only dad that I have and I'm going to love him too, that they would kick me to the curb. I mean, those words were said to me. As long as you have anything to do with him, you are not welcome here. So that is conditional love on so many levels. And so from the time I was 12 until the time I was met Leslie when I was 28, in order to maintain those relationships with those people in my family, I had to lie. So I guess it was about two years into our marriage. And I I don't know if all of it had just boiled up, but we had like this explosion. And I mean, she was like, you've got to do something like you have all this anger built up and you're taking it out on the people who love you the most. And I had a mental breakdown. I mean, I did. Would you agree? Well, what would you agree? Or you just don't want to comment. She had a mental breakdown Something like that. Are you scared to say, no, I'm letting you get your time on the mic. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, so after, after, that happened like I realized I needed to go to counseling like okay I do have some issues never in a million years did I expect my counseling experience to be what it was I mean like when I have these people sitting in front of me after I talked my first session when I talked for two hours the whole time I mean going back from the very beginning like and they told me I had PTSD like that was a hard pill to swallow like you think people have PTSD when they go to Iraq and fight in a war but PTSD can come in so many different waves. I mean, like, well, we fight wars every single day, especially in our childhood and our lives. And so wars can be different. You don't have to be in Iraq to fight them uh, and to be trying to fight them. You you fight a war with inside your head. You fight a war inside your heart. You you fight wars with people. So, yeah, PTSD and those things that you don't really realize are going on in your life. You know, whenever I went through all of that and I was in the fifth grade, I had to see a counselor and I hated her. I hated her, and it wasn't until I would get done, and I would never tell anybody whenever I would get done that, whew, man, that makes me feel better because I was able to just talk to somebody and tell them, 
And then, but I never want anybody to know that. You know, I was like, man, I hate her. I hate going there. Well, tell me this. Did you, so you actually didn't hate her. You just said that out of. Well, like I was, I was young. Like I was little. They were like, Leslie, you know, we've got to, we've got to get you some counseling because, you know, I, I, I was, all, I was raised to be like really tough. I was raised on a farm and my, my dad was like, we don't, you know, we don't cry around here. We don't do it. We don't do that. We don't, yeah, it's, we get the job done and we, you know, we don't have we'll time for all that. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I didn't really want to go. And even to this day, I mean, yeah, it is hard to sit down and, and take some time for yourself and talk about things, but Truthfully, you have to take time and talk yourself through things and take care of yourself and your heart because no one else will. You're the only one that will do it and, and, and really do it. And if you don't take time for yourself, and I've told Leah this uh, a thousand times, you know, and I think I told you this, mm-hmm. um, Jay, I said, you know, you have to love yourself before anybody can love you or you can yep. give give anything your all it comes down and it's so hard especially when you're a selfless person i'm i'm so selfless like i i i want to give and give and give and that's just my heart and that's my that's how i was raised that's my life but sometimes you you have to step back and say all right i got to love leslie and i've got to take care of leslie um because if i don't love me then how do i expect anybody else to be able to love me do you think that characteristic or that attribute of yourself came because maybe that's what you needed early on and now that you were able to apply that that type of love to someone that you're able to do it at full force and hard do you feel like maybe that's why you that was the type of love that you needed unconditional unattached willing to take your shirt off your back for somebody and you needed that early on in your life and you didn't get it and so when you were able to pass that on to somebody you were able to do it Oh, for sure. I th- I think, you know, that was a, a huge void that was missing in my childhood that, um, you know, it was just a, I, you know, I love you. And, you know, I didn't have terrible parents. I didn't. They're not bad people. Um, it, we, They just treated me a little different than they did my sister. They were a little harder, harder on me. And I look back and I'm glad. I'm glad because, again, there's nothing that life can throw at me that I can't handle because I've already been there. I've already been through it and I'll find a way around it and figure out how to get through it. Um, because that's how I had to live my whole childhood, whether it be fixing something on the farm or it be, uh, get up, you're fine, you know, and you find a way to make it through. But I, I, yes, I definitely believe that that unconditional love is what, uh, was missing in my life. And so I probably overcompensate, um, that unconditional love to to our kids and uh to leah and to people every day leah's like tells me all the time like uh you, you love so hard and you love like you you're such a giver and your heart yeah. like and you never say no and i'm not going to like if i can at all do something for somebody mm-hmm. i will give you my, my sh- the shirt off my back my last dollar the last little bit of food that I can, and and, yeah. and I'll I'll be fine. I'll make it as long as I know that everybody else around me is taken care of, and that's how I've always been, and that's how I'll always be. So I'll give you the shirt off my back, but don't ask me for my food. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I, I, it I, I believe everybody. <laughs> she won't give you the shirt off your back if it's new boutique and it just came in. I sold, I sold oh the shirt God. off my back today. I did. Did you just to two make the times? Shirt? Because I had the shirt on in a medium, and the person needed the medium. Two times. So, anyways. Tell me this. The rejection you had from your family, was it because you were a lesbian? So, growing up, you know, I lived with them, and then the stuff happened, and I moved in with another family. And it was like, 
I couldn't, I didn't tell them for a while, you know, and they would always, I didn't tell them about what had happened to me, the trauma that I experienced because I didn't know how to tell them. And then I moved in with another family and um, it was then that the family was like, we need to reach out to, you know, your parents and tell them what has happened. And I didn't know how, but it was like that extra little help. It did help me be able to tell my story to my parents. And then it wasn't long after that that I uh, went to college. I went to South Carolina to college and played basketball there my first two years. And um, it, it wasn't until I was leaving to go to college that I, I mean, and, and my dad was like really tough on me. And when I tell you that I don't have bad parents, he was just he was just tough on me. And I'll, I'll never forget the week before I left to go to South Carolina, I still had some stuff at my parents' house and I had to go and get it because I wanted to take it with me. And the family that I moved in with, uh, it, it's, it's always hard. I was going through a lot and dealing with a lot, but, uh, and I was fixing to leave and go eight hours away from home, you know, and it's just a lot of mixed emotions. But I was on the phone with a family member that I had been living with and I w we were into an argument and stuff like that. And so, my dad was at home when I was gathering some of my belongings and he came up and he asked me, uh, why are you crying? And I was like, nothing, dad, it's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. And he was like, no, why are you crying? And he came over to me and, um, he, I mean, he just, he just started beating the brakes off of me. And, uh, I've never been hit that hard in my entire life. I have never, I mean, he rang my jaws. Like he hit me, this is the only best way I know how to explain it. He was hitting me so hard that, uh, you know, when someone has a car accident and they have, uh, like a burn on their neck or chest from like the seatbelt or the airbag, well, he was slapping me so hard that I had those burns on my neck. And, uh, I remember holding him and holding him off of me and taking the phone. We had house phone too, and dialing 911 and he grabbed it and turned it off. So I didn't think that it went through and, uh, it did go through. And a little while later, the, the cops got there and they're, see me and I was bleeding on my neck and stuff and they they said uh at this time I didn't know I was bleeding or, like really how bad it was you know because I hadn't looked in the mirror or anything and I just remember them saying what do you want us to do and so I was uh 17 years old at the time 17 yeah I think maybe about to be 18 right around 17 18 because I, I was fixing to leave to go to college and uh I said, I, I don't know. What do you mean? What do you want? What do you want me to y'all to do with him? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I just want to get out of here. Like, I want to get out. So, the last week, uh, I actually, after that happened, I just took off walking down the road, and uh, a good friend of mine saw me walking, and he picked me up, and he said, Leslie, what is what has happened? Did you have a car accident? And I said, No. Nah. I said, I. I just need you to take me, get me in the car and take me. He said, yeah, get in. He said, where do you want to go? And I said, I want to go to the gym because shooting basketball at that time was what kept me, my mind off of things. And, you know, I loved playing basketball and it was just, it was my heart and my love and it was my decompressor. And so he, he took me and I ended up the, the family that I was living with, we ha told you we were having an argument. They didn't want me to go um, eight hours away to, from school because there was kids in that house and, you know, I needed to stay back and stay there and care for, the, for their family and do that kind of thing. And I was getting a lot of strife for going for eight hours away from home to play basketball. And uh, so they ended up getting mad at me and I ended up being the 
I get was uh, actually a month instead of a week before. It was a month before I went to South Carolina, one month. And uh, so I was homeless for that whole month. And I didn't have anywhere to go. And I just, you know, I guess looking back on that is same thing. Like, we'll be outside doing something and Liz, like, I can use a little acorn and I can whistle with it really loud. And I was always like, if something were to be happening to me and I couldn't scream or something, you know, so it's crazy how you learn to do those things, those life things by being so, so it taught me a lot. It made me very appreciative of of a roof over my head. I don't care if it's a Cracker Jack box, it's a trailer, or if it's a a $300,000 house, I'm blessed to have a roof over my head. And it really makes you get back down to the real things in life. And that's just how I am. And, and it's, I, I am the way I am because of my story. And, you know, I look back and with me being without a home, without clothes, without shoes, with nothing. And I asked my buddy, I said, could you, you know, can you get me to South Carolina? I was like, I got to be report there. And uh, I've got to play basketball because this is my dream. I've gotten a full ride scholarship to play division one basketball. And I'm I like, if I have to, I don't know how to take a bus, I take a bus or I'll, you know, works, do something so I can get there. And, you know, it was just, it was just a really trying time, but uh, you find a way to make it through and to reach your goals. And I ended up uh, transferring and playing my last two years in Martin, playing basketball, got my degree. I uh, got to play um, both years in the, at the NCAA tournament, and so those are those are big accomplishments. Being a, a student athlete and uh, playing college ball, and I also t- take out and try to tell other kids: when you have athletic ability, you freaking use it, and and God gave it to you for a reason, and you don't back down from it. You go give it all you got because there's so many kids out here that would love to be out up bouncing a basketball. Well, they love the opportunity to have that kind of raw talent that would you know that would have a school want to accept them and you know be able to do that for a career if they if they were able to get through it with the whole situation with your dad was there's any reconciliation with that? no so um I left that I left and uh nothing happened with him and then I became a police officer and I look back on the story and I'm like you know now I know the law and I know what was supposed to happen and it was just it was just a, such a terrible time, man. And I grew up in a small town and and it was just like, what do you want us to do with him? And so that made me a better cop. That I made the positive in that situation for me was I was a better cop because of it. Um so I'm thankful that that happened to me and that situation happened because I was able to handle situations as a cop differently because of that one and and better. Um Well, tell me this, with you being on the cop side of it, with everything that was going on with Leah at the time, how did that make you feel knowing that you were on the side of the law and you had to kind of, I mean, you, you're representing the department at that time. I mean, it was tough. Don't get me wrong. You know, there were people that, uh, were in the mix of this, uh, you know, custody or this or that, you know, they they would go to my work and, and, uh, try to down me and tell my work that I was doing this or doing that. But you know what happened? Nothing because uh, none of it was true. <laughs> and so um, when when you are a true person, everybody around you sees that. You do not have to open your mouth to say anything. You do not have to open your mouth to try to defend yourself because who you are and your actions speak for themselves. And my coworkers and my people at my job knew, and they, they would tell you to this day, if somebody says some bullshit about me, First, I'll be the first one to tell you if I mess up because I'm human and I'm going to. And if I do or say something, I'll be the first to tell you. But when you're out here trying to say that I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to be, you're wrong. 
because I play by the books and I'm I'm a fair player and I I, I do what's right. I mean I I you can you can ask anybody that knows me. They're like Leslie is by the books and I always will be. Like that's the only way I know because, because I want people so I want people around me to be the same way. I want I want to know that when I'm talking to you, I'm getting real. I'm getting the real you. I'm getting the real the truth. And I tell I tell Danny Grace this every single day. I'm like, look, don't ever say anything behind anybody's back that you're not willing to say to their face. Yeah. And I li- literally live by that daily. I, if I'm talking to somebody and I I'm thinking, all right, should I say this about someone else talking about them? If I'm not prepared for that person to walk in front of me and me say those exact things to them to their face, I shouldn't be saying them at all, and I won't. I can have thoughts all day about people. We're human. We're going to have thoughts, good, bad, ugly. It doesn't matter. That don't mean you have to voice them. And and I'm not. I'm not going to voice them. I mean, I don't have to. I don't have to voice what I think about you, what I feel about you. Because, you. I mean, really, if I'm talking shit about you, nothing to me. <laughs> I, I don't really think you really give a lot of people energy that doesn't deserve it. And I feel like that's why a lot of times when she was going through the whole issue with um, her kid's dad that you remain quiet because – I mean, in all honesty, you didn't respect them enough to give them any kind of like talk or or an opinion. And a lot of times when it comes to dealing with a position that you're in, the, you know, you're in law enforcement, you're seeing this side of it and you know how it's supposed to be. But things aren't getting done the way they're supposed to be. They're kind of like slow stepping it. How is I mean, how were you able to keep your composure when someone you love is someone you love is going through such a difficult time? And you're having to just eat the eat the time of it. You know Ooh, what I'm saying? It was so hard. Yeah, it was it was very frustrating. And I'm not gonna tell you in my mind I wasn't frustrated, but no matter what, you know, you think okay, you know, it's uh, you're dealing with this officer, you're dealing with this judge, you're dealing with this person, you're dealing with this coworker. You can't make them do anything, and you can't change who they are. The only person in this entire world that you can control is you. So I'm not fixing to stress out about, oh, well, uh, this this group of people ain't doing this, and this this judge ain't doing this, or this uh, whoever it may be, whether it be a coworker, whether it be uh, uh, someone you're trying to co-parent with, whether it be a family member. You cannot, you can, you can beg and plead and act crazy and, and, you know, cuss them out. And really what good is that going to do? That's, that's exactly what they want you to do. Well, you're not going to get that from me because (laughs) I don't respect you enough to even give you, to, to, to waste my breath on you. Uh, You don't respect me enough. So why the hell am I going to waste my time on you? Okay. That's not going to happen. There were so many times, like, and I'm the complete opposite, like, Mm -hmm. I'm oh, going to you get your <laughs> badge number. I'm going to go to your boss. and But you know what I realized after my incident? Like, I think that was really tough after the time that I got arrested. Um, is that I did realize, like, I can't control what the, what the cops do. Like, at the end of the day, what they did was wrong. They didn't follow their protocol. And... I couldn't control it. Did it all work out in the end? Absolutely. But I couldn't control it. And she has brought me a long way because old Leah, the the vague little posts that I've made on Facebook the last couple of weeks about people's response have been very positive. 
I mean, I've stood my ground, but I haven't bashed anybody or called any names or, or, or defended myself. I haven't said, well, actually, this is true. This isn't true. This isn't true. This is true. And I'll tell you why. I don't have to do that. Like, none of that is relevant. Um, but she is total opposite than I am. But she has balanced me out some. Would you agree a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, from the time we first met and, I mean, it takes time. Like, I'm a I'm a different breed, and I get that. But I'm not perfect. There's nothing about me perfect. Do I want to get mad sometimes? Yeah. But the truth is, I, you know, the, these types of people are all in the world. They're everywhere around you, around us. And they don't get the um, – they don't get the opportunity from me to mess up my day because, you know, that really got me through today when you, yeah. And another that. thing is, you know, I looked at my job as a police officer. I was on a joint task force with, with the FBI and I have so much more to lose than, than people, uh, other people in this world that, that will want to down you and want to, to bash you or talk bad about you or try to, you know, call you out. Oh, they're lying. This isn't true. That isn't true. You know what? Instead of me having me going and, and, and getting behind my little computer and typing or, or, or messaging you on my phone, I don't have to do that. And, and I, I really, I really kind of laugh it. about it because I think it's funny that those types of people spend uh, that much time trying to defend themselves, and and I don't have to do that, and, and I never will uh, because yeah. uh, what you see is what you get, and I, I'm not going to waste my time on on pettiness, and that's exactly what it is. You're grown ass people grow up and act like a damn adult, and that's what's wrong with this world. It makes them so big mad when you don't when you didn't respond to any of the stuff they were saying. Like, I think silence really aches them because they, they want that response out of you. They want a reaction. And so as, you know, as the podcast has started to circulate and go, you know, it started to reach people that we never thought it would reach. And the numbers started growing and growing and growing and growing. And people were just saying what they wanted. People who disagreed, people who said it was all lies, uh, people who have contacted me privately, people who have messaged me privately about the situation and, you know, saying racist comments and threats. And, I mean, you suffer differently, so you maneuver differently, okay? So you don't, like you say, you're not the one to jump out the gate. You're the one that's going to sit back. And, and it was almost like we were talking about it earlier before the mics were on. These people were putting their, like, they were putting their own foot in their mouth by opening their mouth. Because while you were saying nothing, they were saying everything and proving every point that <laughs> that Leo was making. Yeah, so th- those those types of people, and I told Leo this uh, the entire time. I said those those types of people in the world hang themselves, and you can sit back and watch them hang themselves, and you think that oh, oh man, I wish they'd hang themselves today, or is their time ever going to come? Well, you know what, I I I don't I have so much more going for me, and, and we do in our lives. And so much more to lose than than people like that. And and I'm not going to stoop to your level. You know what? Because I'm better than that. And and I'll always be better than that. And I don't have to feed into your petty drama, nor will I ever. You, You can sit behind a computer and type all day long or behind a phone. Hell, you can even say it to my face. And I really don't care because you don't mean shit to me. And that's the best way I know to put it. So everybody who's responded to this negatively, whether it was her family. It was about three um, people, and that's about it. <laughs> so, and the anonymous, anonymous ones were probably the same people. Yeah, because 
my email, my inbox was just and I don't care. Full of hate. I don't. I mean, they were hating me. Like they were talking. I had someone tell me they were gonna come key my car. I had someone tell me they're gonna bust the windows out of my house. I had someone tell me that uh, they were gonna get someone to shoot me. Oh, welcome to I, our world for two years. Two years. That's that was our world with. for two whole years. Oh my god. And, and I had a buddy who did my last podcast with me. His name is Daniel. He he. You know when we talked. He's like, man, does that kind of stuff scare you? I was like, not really, man. I said, a lot of that stuff is just to make me, they want me to take down the podcast and I will never do that ever in life, you know, because I don't, silencing a story like that is just giving these people what they're trying to hide to begin with, you know. That's exactly right. So uh, an individual that, you know, we talked about today, Leah, um, made a post about the shares and and the the, the podcast that we're doing right now. Um, When you receive that, um, that status or whatever. How did that make you feel, knowing that it was probably coming anyway? I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, let me hear. Can it. I get the mic? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on, take a breath. Uh, so I think that you know, <laughs> uh, ooh. I guess what 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 gets me more than anything, if you don't if you don't like something, or are you? <laughs> Then why are you listening? They don't, listened. Don't listen if you mm. don't like because you know what? This ain't for you, and my life ain't about you. Any Anybody, my life is for me and my family, and if you want to be a part of it, great, and and if you don't, okay. I, you don't pay my bills. The you worst don't, part. Uh, hold on. Okay. Because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you about the whole, you know, uh, the whole thing. What <laughs> I can tell you most of all is <laughs> – is one, if I call Lil with another man at the consignment store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That uh, was being said, too. I can tell you that uh, I wouldn't still be here because uh, I'm better than that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry that, 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 that some people think that I would have to stick around, but I would not. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of accusations uh, going around. Uh, so a lot of times people accuse others of things that they've done in their life, mm-hmm. and that's sad. Uh, that's really sad. And that's okay. I'll take your heat. Come on. Throw it at me. I'll take your heat. And the the shit that you have created in your life, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be people in your family, whether it be uh, we all have those types of people in the world around us that uh, want to try and, uh, you know, throw their shit storm on us and make it make it look like, well, we we're the ones that do this and do that. And whenever you have people that live truthfully and uh, play by the books yeah. and you have to make up things to um, to make them look bad. I'm it's, not saying I'm perfect because I well, mess up every like single she, day. It sounded like the person was deflecting from what I was Absolutely. reading. There was a oh, lot yeah. of deflection. There was a lot of, well, won't you tell them this since you want to tell them, you know, you want to talk about this. Most of that was new news for us. Like when we read it, we laughed. And I was like, this is new. This is new. This and, is new. You know, but, and it's fine. I'm like, not here. I don't have to. I don't have to come on here or get behind the computer or do people even get on computers anymore? I don't. Okay, my the only phone. Time I do is on this. My, maybe my phone and and type something up. Who to has let, that much time to let somebody know she my put truth? Periods in her sentences. I don't have to do that. I don't have to get <laughs> on here and defend and be like, oh well, bullet number one wasn't true. Number yeah. two wasn't true, and this is why. I know the truth, and so does everybody else around. So when you open your mouth and try to try to uh, uh, pull out some lines of bullshit, uh, you're you know 
people people will figure you out real quick and that's fine because I can just sit back and watch I got too much going on I got too much in my life going on to be worried about those types of folks and they do not bother me and mm-hmm. I laugh about them they do not they they do not get the ability to ruin any day of mine yeah. ever but well, today I was referred to as the devil <laughs> and do I you want to know how I feel about that yes because when well, well, I'm not going to give our conversation away. Go ahead. Yeah, just tell me how, what was your reaction when you read that. Okay, so my reaction was I had several. Uh, at first, it was mad. And then I was like, this is really sad that this person took my message from my podcast, who is my blood, okay, and lived a life with me and knows me well enough to know that the things that I'm saying are the truth. And to think that sh- they might have been manipulated to the point where they made that post and called me the devil and said that I belong on Jerry Springer or Mari when I much would rather be on Judge Judy. Mm, come on now. She doesn't know me at all. I'm not the same little girl that I was when she did know me. But it's it was her choice to not let... The, I mean, the 32-year-old Leah be a part. Yeah. Um, and it's been that way for the last 10 years. And so you took the podcast and the small little section that I said about my family, which was, it was very vague at the very beginning about, you know, I talked about having my kids and, and, and the drama that went on about my mom not coming to the hospital until whatever. Mm-hmm. So... That was just a little snippet. And, and to know that I ruffled feathers that bad mm-hmm. over just a little portion, a little fraction of my story to where you sit behind a computer and you message every individual individual that has liked it, loved it, commented on it. Like you are messaging them. It's sad to me that that, that consumed her time. It had to take two days to do that. Yeah. And that's sad. And I didn't do this podcast for her. I didn't do it for anybody except for me. And my goal in this podcast isn't to hurt anyone, but it's to give people hope. And it's sad that that is not being seen from those three or four individuals. Well, it's crazy because not only did they reach out to the people that liked it and, you know, they messaged that person messaged them privately and was like basically going against everything you said was a lie that I, you know, I myself got a personal message in the middle of a lunch and all I was hearing about the whole legal thing and oh, this is, I know somebody who would take this immediately. I didn't care because one, we didn't say anything that was out of line Two, it's someone's story. You know, it could be whatever they want to say it is. Now, if there's some, you know, dishonesty in it, then dishonesty will come out. But all I was saying was, I want this taken down so nobody hears it. Either one, they're embarrassed, two, they're ashamed, or three, they're just scared. Because when, you were, when you're in that situation where you do wrong to somebody and you get away with it and time has passed and you think you've gotten away, look at, look at everything that's happened in 2020 of everybody, you know, getting exposed, people losing their jobs. Something as public as this podcast, especially, and I'm going to speak on the person that messaged me till three in the morning um, with all the, with all the BS about the podcast, about what they thought and how everything was a lie. When I see something like that, I see fear. I don't, 
not only do I see like they're just trying to get it taken down and they want me to remove it, but they're fearful of how people how how will look. You know how they will look at them. But that's what you are, and you're not showing me that you're any different now by messaging me personally. Well, I just want you to know that you know all oh, this is false, and I I know a lawyer who would take this immediately, and you know you should really you know think about what you're doing, and I'm just like you're going after a program who's allowing people to get on a microphone and express their story. Now, we, you know, I'll ask you right now on the spot in front of everybody, did I ask you to tell me your story or did that just authentically come out just because we were discussing something? No, that's just, I mean, we didn't, I don't even, the podcast was, there was no questions laid out. Like right. it was everything you asked me, I started talking. I mean, whether it be like, what was my experience with my childhood trauma? That's it that's an honest question that anybody would want to answer or maybe they wouldn't want to answer, but I'm to the point in my life where I wanted to answer it because not only is it part of my story, it's also been how I've been able to help my daughter deal with the same rejection feelings and the, and the issues that she's had. So, I mean, no, but also you can't sue someone for slander. Who's telling the truth. Like let her get a lawyer. I don't care. Well, the thing is, I saw a little bit of what you've had to deal with just Absolutely. in that one message. You know what? I, res- I responded back. All I said was thank you for your feedback because I was not responding to that because that's just empty threats and tough talk. And it's it's supposed to be to where it was in sight fearing me. And I was like, I know radio rules better than that, too. And that's what I was telling the other individual. And I'm going to go ahead and jump on that now. now that we're do you know what I would do if someone... If I if someone went on air and was talking about me, you know what I would do? I would message the host of the podcast and say, "Can I come on your podcast mm-hmm. with that person?" And let's hash it out on air since everybody wants to talk about it. Oh, I would love. To well, have we tried that. Mine. We tried that for a lot of years and it didn't work out because here, here's the problem, and here's the problem with the world, and here's the problem with people that call themselves adults or parents or uh, family members or Christians that you know they're probably uh, teaching the Sunday school class. Here's the problem: they work harder to uh, to uh, down others, and they spend. If you would spend as much time uh, uh, trying to mend relationships and be a good freaking human as you do behind your cell phone or uh, running somebody else in the ground, the world would be a lot better place. But they want to spend so much effort and time uh, trying to make sure that they don't look bad. Well, we're all human. We all mess up and we've all done things. If you would spend half the time that you spend uh, telling somebody, oh, well, uh, y'all shouldn't be talking about that, spend half of that time trying to mend a relationship with your family or co-parent together. And I'm telling you, the world would be a lot better place. Grow up, be an adult, and... And get along for the kids and your family because life is too short to be sitting around just uh, I'm gonna spend three hours tonight uh, trying to make it sure everybody that likes this podcast that listen to it knows uh, that this ain't right this ain't that ain't right I'm not doing it for you I'm not talking on this mic for you it's for it's for us and for for me and this is something that we enjoy doing and and we have a lot of supporters and we're so thankful for them and those three little people that don't like it don't listen it's crazy because instead of, like you said, instead of mending, she could have heard that whole podcast and been like, wow, I never even thought of it. Like, that let's way. let's talk about her heart. Like, if the role we didn't even talk about, we don't even have to talk about her heart. It's people's heart. People's right. heart in this world. They're they're bad. How would your heart not hurt? Like listening to that story, even if she if she if they if anyone thinks I'm lying, ask me mm-hmm. like. Like, Leah, I think you're wrong. This is what I remember happening. 
So tell me what you remember. Let's talk about it. But I never get that opportunity. You know why? Because I'm blocked on social media. I'm blocked out of their lives. Like nobody wants to talk about it. I've mm-hmm. tried for five years yeah. and nobody will talk. I actually have a text message on my phone. I reached out and I said, hey, I'm going through counseling. Leslie saw it. I have friends that saw it. I'm going through counseling. There are some things that I would love to sit down and talk to you about. Yeah. Is there a good time? No response for what, a week? It was a week. Yeah, how hard that is to say that to somebody. Then the next message I got was, I'm not even, I, the next message I got was completely off topic from that, okay? Yeah. And I said, are you not going to respond to my other text? And the message I got back said, you know that I'm not going to have this discussion with you. So why wouldn't she let you take the steps in your counseling and your therapy that you were trying to do to better your life? I think I know who exactly you're talking about. I, yeah, I actually do know who you're talking about. This person at least owed it to you to listen. Absolutely. Whether they wanted to respond and give you, you know, the response maybe you wanted or didn't want, the least that someone could have done was pick up the phone and listen to everything you had to say because you're in counseling and you're doing these steps to better your mental health. What I didn't understand was through this whole thing and you telling your story and instead of getting some understanding, you've gotten backlash, you've gotten hate from your from your family and you've gotten many, many, you know, rude remarks said about you. Obviously, I'm sure in private messages when you found out that that person was sending everybody those messages, how did that make you feel? Did you see that coming? No, um, I really didn't. I th- thought it would just probably probably I mean it would have been better to ignore it because now you look guilty when you're sending people messages and I guess I thought that we were a little better than that so uh, it comes down you know it comes down to humbleness if you want to hear if you want to no matter what has happened in life and and what has happened in relationships, there's always going to be fights and things that are said and, and maybe not always meant or at that time you think you mean them. And, you know, it, it happens. Everybody has their arguments and their fights. But what it really comes down to is humbling your heart. And that's a really hard thing to do uh, for people and adults. And when you really take a look inside your heart and bring yourself down and humble down and, and give the opportunity of someone to uh, – make a sincere apology to you, um, that's that's when you, you know you really have opened your heart up and you've done what you're supposed to do. But, you know, thank God that I don't have to answer for these people. I only have to answer for Leslie. And, uh, you know, even the, the people that have done me the most wrong, if, if they reach out to me and, uh, you know, try to give a sincere apology, I'm probably going to be the one that says, you know, I apologize for this, this, and this as well. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be right there beside you because it's, it's, it's having a humble heart. And, and a lot of people these days don't know how to humble themselves down. We're all stubborn. We're all stubborn humans and we don't, none of us want to be wrong. And, uh, but when you learn to be able to take your heart and humble it down and say, you know what, there were some things I was wrong about too, um, and maybe I could have handled differently. Or and you're able to talk through your story with these other people. Um, that's when when life and love becomes real. And but you can't always make someone uh, be on the same page with you, and you can't make them uh, 
want to mend relationships you can try and then after so long of trying you know for years and years and years I kept sending my parents uh Christmas cards and gifts I would I would spend hours picking out my parents Christmas gifts and you can ask Leah and I would ship them I would go see they had built a new house and I had my friends go over to their new house to tell me the address so I would know where to send the presents and I did that for me I didn't do it for them I did it for me because I'm supposed to do what Leslie is supposed to do, and I'm supposed to to live how Leslie is supposed to live, and I'm the one that has the answer for what I do or do not do, and yeah. I felt like that was what I needed to be doing, that I need to tell them a happy birthday, Merry Christmas, happy anniversary on their special days, because if something were to happen to them, I can always look back and say I gave it my all, um, yeah. but everybody's not like that, and that's okay. I just, I, I, you have to do what what you feel in your heart is right. But a lot of times it comes down to being humble. And a lot of people in this world don't know how to do that. They just want to be stubborn and not take, not give people chances. They just, they're already on the defense. They're on the defense and think whether, you know, it happens all the time. It may not be a family member. It may not be somebody you're trying to co-parent with. It may just be somebody in the world that, uh, somebody else they know has said something about you, you know, and they're like, um, you know, I heard this, you know, someone told me this about you and then I get to know you and, you know, that's not really the truth. Well, mm-hmm. it just happens. Sometimes you, sometimes people in life don't even give others a chance. And I feel like you should get to know someone for yourself before you try to judge them or uh, no matter what their um, preference is in life, no matter what their skin color is, no matter what their job is, no matter how old they are, give them a chance in life and, uh it's it, it, it's crazy how much further you'll go in life and relationships when you humble down and give somebody a chance to just to just be themselves and and love them through it like they're gonna mess up we're all gonna make some mistakes but loving somebody through their mistakes is what really makes you a, a good human and I mean like how much hate does one have in their heart to where like they're not even hearing you out like you're their blood mm-hmm. and you're sitting here saying, I want to have this conversation with you. And so I have to know every day when I wake up, like I have a heart for people and I love people. We love people and we serve and, you know, we might not be sitting on the front row at church every Sunday or teaching a Sunday school class, or we may say cuss words, but our hearts are pure and people see that and people know that. And I think that through all of the mess after the podcast, I think that what's the saddest thing is that uh, everybody else on social media can look at the individuals who have made these posts and, and sent these messages and said these things, and they can see that hate in their heart. And yeah. that is what's the worst. Because nobody was looking at that podcast thinking about, what if this saves somebody's life? What if somebody right. who was dealing with uh, some mental, uh, mental abuse, mental trauma, childhood trauma. What if they were on their last leg and they just heard my podcast about my healing and how I didn't end up an alcoholic or a yeah. drug addict or any of those things, how I did end up successful and I'm okay. I am not perfect. And I have made so many mistakes, but I just want to give people hope. Yeah. And so it's sad for me that my, me being genuine, truly, yeah has pulled out hate in other people's hearts who have people fooled. Like those people don't, people don't see it in their everyday lives. But then when something like this happens, it's just pure hate and pure mean. And, and that's not what I want to be a part of my life. So I have peace with it. 
Like I have peace. If you don't want to be a part of my life, thank you for showing me these true colors because mm-hmm. I'm better than that. We're better than that. My kids are better than that. My kids don't deserve that. And I tell Leah this all the time. Like I, I've tried to explain this to her, you know, we don't, we don't do part-timers in our life. We don't do part-time grandparents. We don't do part-time friends. We don't, we don't do part-time, you know, co-parenting, whatever the case may be. I'm a full-time parent. I'm a full-time spouse and I, I, I'm a full-time family member. So when somebody wants to come into our life and they want to be a part-timer, we don't do that. Uh, you can either be a full-timer or a no-timer. And uh, <laughs> that's just how, that's just how it is because you know what? I'm not going to let my kids grow up and think that it's okay to be a part-timer. It's okay yeah. to let a part-timer be in their life and somebody yeah. that just wants to be in your life when it's convenient for them. I don't need you because uh, I, I, I give it my gift. We don't want the birthday gift. <laughs> no, like, you know, s- s- you got some people in the family that will uh oh well it's their birthday uh let me let me ship them a gift or but that's the only time they come around well where are you at the whole rest of the year when we're counting out change learning how to uh learning how to uh count the correct change back in in the how to tell time in the second grade where are you at at the ball games where are you at cheering them on uh yeah you can look real real good whenever you're there uh uh one time a year for a birthday or for christmas but that's a part-timer, and we just don't do that in our family. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like if you – because if I – She's if, helped me through that. If I allow part-timers in our family, I'm telling my kids that it's okay when they get grow up and be and they're adults that uh, they can allow part-timers to be in, in their life. And uh, th- in a relationship, they can have a part-timer that's there part-time and that's gone part-time, and that's not how I want them to grow up, and that's not what I – what kind of, what I want them to experience in life and what love truly is. I have to show them what love truly is. And I work day in and day out to say, all right, you know, uh, there's more to love than I can tell you all day. Hey, I love you. But whenever I bring your favorite candy home and you didn't even ask me to, because you, you know, just, just small things. And, and it's, it's all about heart and, and showing them, you know, every time Danny Grace rides with me, I always open her door and I always put her in. And I told her the other day, I opened her door and I shut it and it's a safety thing to me. And it's a, and it's also teaching her. I said, if someone when when someone ever takes you on a date if they don't open the door for you and put you in your side and shut it back don't go on another one with them. oh you don't open my door i can't anymore <laughs> why because you're usually talking to to uh, talking to too many people and uh i'm have to go in a car and the reason i don't open your door for you is because usually i'll be going to get in the car and driving it up there to the curb i'm not going up. on any more dates with you that's the rule if the Ooh. if if the Person doesn't open the door for you. Don't go on any more dates. So, well, um, how would you like to respond? Say something. You don't even know what my favorite candy is. Something. You have too many favorites. <laughs> Dang. You know what it is though. What bothers me the most about this po- the first podcast, was the first day you had an overwhelming amount of of like praise, support, and just ba- they were really just grateful that you told your story. It's the second day that really bothered me. It's when all the hatred came out. Mm-hmm. Now, when these people who claim they don't listen, mm-hmm. they clearly listen. I didn't listen listened. to it. I couldn't listen to it. Yeah, because trust me, I was already told that um, one person listened to 30 minutes, a second person listened to the second 30 minutes, and a third person listened to the last 30 minutes so they can simultaneously figure out what the whole podcast was actually about because that they were way too much <laughs> well that's a lot that's a lot of effort for someone who doesn't My point listen. was if you would put that much time and effort into a relationship your life would be a lot better off but that's a problem people don't 
They don't put that much. If you would take and put as much strategizing as that took to say, all right, you listen to this 30 minutes, you listen to this 30 minutes, and you listen to this. If you would take that much time in your life to be a good human, you, that you'd a be, lot, a lot, you'd be a lot better. Think about what kind of thinking Mic that is. drop from Leslie. <laughs> think about how much thinking and, and, and really coming up that is because, like, who I never would have thought of that. Like I would have just listened all the way through. I wouldn't have had three different people listen to three different sections of the interview just to hear if maybe you would have brought them up. They were really looking for bullet points. You on, can see how many times a person listens, can't you? Yes, I can. I can. I, I really thought, can. I thought so. I really can. So, that's the, that's some people, the best part. some people were watching like thirteen times a day or something. Yeah, okay. thirteen times. So. It was. It was thirteen. Somebody, 13 views. somebody was looking at my uh, business page thirteen times a day. And it told me their name. I got to get that app. I swear to God, it's the best app ever. I uh, I found out today someone followed me on Instagram, but I think it was a bot account. So, um, so let's let's get on this discussion because I I would just go ahead and say it because nothing I'm saying is incorrect or false. So when you spoke about the the baby daddy who gave up his kids or his kid, his wife reached out to me. Okay. It's no secret. I posted the screenshots on Facebook. She said what she said. But she also messaged me till 3 o'clock in the morning, which I, for one, would have never allowed any of that to happen without it being monitored because she, boy, she could pop off that mouth. And everything that you said in that interview the first time told me exactly that you were telling the absolute truth because it was a lot of impulsive, impulsive responses. It was rude, demeaning, racist. And it was just an all around, like she is the most passive aggressive narcissistic person I've ever talked to that I've never met. And by the way, she apologized to me too. If y'all, if anybody wants to see that, I'll post the apology. But she ended up apologizing to me the next day when she found out that people were actually finding out where she was, where she worked. And In the most passive aggressive way. Yeah. And the, oh yeah. Oh, well, I just want to apologize uh, that I stooped down to your level to to come at you the way I did. I'm like, that is not an apology. You just attacked me again. So, you know, when I'm dealing with someone like that and then you tell your story and then I'm seeing firsthand what, what you're talking about. No wonder, you know, that was nerve wracking and stressful and aggravating and frustrating. Like I couldn't deal with that. I mean, I, I played along with it. And the bad thing was I was interviewing her through the whole message. (laughs) So, and I was like, oh, what do you think about Black Lives Matter? She didn't care. She was throwing all these racist remarks and everything. And she didn't know, like, she was putting her own foot in her mouth because she was giving me everything that I knew I would get out of her, which is the impulsive responses, the anger. And I was just sitting back letting her do it until I guess she wised up or went to sleep. (laughs) But, um, you know, this person... I don't understand how in the world anybody can look past that, especially with those screenshots posted. And by the way, I, I know there's people still looking for her job too. I know people are still searching. So I think that's kind of funny that people really don't like her at this point. Well, she yeah. blocked me, then unblocked me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then what, she'll send you a friend request tomorrow. Probably. She can, if she wants, I'll accept it at this point. Cause I want to see if she writes anything else about me. She I'm called gonna, me a nobody. I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, it's pretty bad that a nobody has thousands of followers. A lot of, of time you have to call others that when you feel in that way in your heart. It's like the old thing, like when you feel in, just like I said earlier, it's the only way people like people that, like that uh, have to 
call uh, try to call others out to make themselves look better and it's sad that that's the world we live in uh I don't have to do that I'm not gonna do that what you see is what you get with me and that's every single day like I don't have to be uh calling you and messaging you and telling you that that I'm this and that and I'm not this and I'm not that and they are this and they are that I don't have to do that nor will I and like I'm not taking that much time of my day like no just one question though like now you understand why I said that that happening, like when Danny Grace has to not deal with that anymore, was the most at peace and the best thing for us, for our marriage, and for that little girl. I Hands couldn't even down. I couldn't even imagine being a four year old at that time with someone who has that kind of way about them because mm-hmm. she was talking to me and I don't like that and I'm an adult. So imagine a kid who couldn't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. That's that alone. It's just completely. It's nerve wracking for me because I it would kill me. It would kill me to send my kid off to something, a situation like that, and not be able to control it where I can stop it when it continues. Um, as far as the first interview, did you feel like it, you like a weight was lifted? Did you feel like maybe this is something that? We, you know, obviously we were talking about doing an interview for a while, but the timing was so right and the story came out right when it needed to because more people gravitated to it because more people needed to hear it. How did that, like, how did the whole interview and experience make you feel? <clears throat> I can tell you. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you that it was probably hard for us, uh, hard for Leah and hard for me to even listen because... <sighs> We had we uh, we brought back up the past uh, to tell to tell the story. And it's not something that we wanted. We really wanted to do, but it was part of the story. Um, And so, you know, that part of uh, that part that is past um, in our lives is non-existent to us. We don't speak about it. We don't talk about it. Uh, We we, we moved on a long time ago and, uh, you know, that that stuff is like non-existent to us so to bring it back up and talk about it and the little petty petty drama that we always had to deal with was was probably really the hardest part um because we don't we don't talk about them they don't consume our lives we could care less what they do move along move off we don't care you had your chance to co-parent you had your chance to be a decent human and you couldn't do it and you still can't do it and you still can't figure it out so but we don't have to deal with you and 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 we're glad about that so like it was hard for us to even talk about it or to bring it back up because that is non-existent to us. Like, it we, was hard. So to we let, wrote you off a long time ago. Yeah, we're so done. The, so with time you. has passed. But when I sit here and I talk to Leah, and she was being completely open and honest, and then I sit here and I talk to you, and I see how you go about things, and you're more as far as by you're open-minded, you're understanding, and before the conversa- conversation even starts, you're more to listen to the story. You're not listening to respond. You're listening to understand, okay? That situation could have gone so much smoother, and the, y'all probably would have had the best co-parenting situation I think I've ever seen. You know, I there's not a lot of co-parenting that that you see that is basically like a mutual respect. I guess I felt like that could have happened if this girl would have kept her attitude in check, and maybe he decided that you know maybe his kids, you know, being in his kids' life was really important. Now. That would have changed the situation between you and Danny Grace. Because without him in the picture, 
you two have become close. Like you're really close. You love her like anything. I don't think it'll change how you loved her, but I felt like when when dads are in the picture, it it does change things just a little bit because at that age, think about what Leah said early on. She had to choose between her mom and dad at one point. Well, even when he what when he was still in the picture, um, she's not dumb, and I, I've said it. I think this is probably my third time to say it, but actions speak louder than words. I never missed a ball game. I never missed a graduation. I never missed an event. I never missed a party. Uh, it, it, I, from a to a Halloween party, it doesn't it doesn't matter if I was invited to the school by the teacher, and uh, Danny Grace invited me. I was there. I never missed anything that kid does, and I don't to this day. So actions speak louder than words, and kids aren't dumb. I don't care if she's four, six, ten, twelve, and she when she's twenty three, she's gonna know. She 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 sees it then. She's it then she sees it now she knows I don't have to open my mouth to say anything because I'm always there and I all when she looks over and she sees who's there and who was not there even before like way before even when he was in the picture it didn't matter because she knew in her heart she felt it and she tells me every single day uh like you're my protector you're the one that protects me you're the one that keeps me safe and I will do that Till the day I die, I will make sure that that little girl is protected. She is taken care of. She is loved and that she never, you know, we, we, we have sat literally Indian style together in the floor and cried together. And I tell her, you can tell me anything. You can talk to me about anything. And I mean that with the, with all my heart, like, you know, we really bond on, I don't have any family, you know, uh, I tell her, uh, she looked at me one time and we were sitting Indian style on the floor and we had cried a little bit together, you know, and, uh, she said, you know what? And I said, what baby? And she said, you don't have, you don't have a dad and you don't have a mom. And I'm just glad that I have you to love me. She said, and you know what else? Me and you are family now and we only need each other. And she said that to me, and it like I just broke down because I was gonna say there was no way I would. That's true. That is like so much truth. She said, "I don't need anybody else, and I don't like we we're each other's family." She said, "You don't have a mom and a dad, and they they let they left you, and they didn't they don't have anything to do with you, and also you're way older than me, way older, and." And you love me, and I love you, and we're just, me and you are family now. We don't need anybody else because we have each other. And those were her exact words. And I just, to get her, you know, and I, 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 I with the training of being a cop, you know, dealing with, with children, yeah, it's a little, it's it's a lot more stressful when it's when it's your own and you love them so, so hard. I mean, I would let my heart get involved in when it wasn't even mine, you know. So when it is yours and your heart is really deeply involved, Man, it hurts. So I would tell her, I'd say, Danny Grace, you know, you 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 talk about him anytime you need to. You 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 cry to me if you need to. You if you just need to, something you don't understand, ask me. You're not you're gonna get nothing but honesty from me. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, I keep every document. I keep every message and to 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 show her and like my I I don't ever I don't ever even joke around with her like not being truthful. Because I never wanted to think I'm not telling her the truth about anything. Like, I don't even joke. I don't even joke. Like, I'm just playing. Like, I really don't even do that with her because she has full trust in me and confidence in me. And I will never let that down. As long as I live, I'll never let it down. But it wasn't too long after, um, you know, the rights were signed that she she looked at me one day and she said, uh, do you remember when I used to have to go over to, and she called this person by their name. Mm-hmm. 
instead of instead of what they instead of dad yeah the the name was called do you remember when i used to have to go to blank's house and it hit me i never i never ever ever told her would tell her you don't call him uh that anymore he is no longer that i let her deal with it how she needed to um whatever however whatever i was there i i sat knee to knee with her i sat head to head nose to nose tear to tear with her every second and she did that on her own um and it was always something negative that came back out after that something something do you remember when i used to have to go to so-and-so's house and 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 i would have to do this or this would happen and and i'm literally i just let her i just let I just let that baby talk and get it off her chest, what she needs to tell me. Or do you remember when I would have this going on and uh, it never was that anymore? Um, yeah. she, was, she wrote him off as, 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 as nobody because... And that's on her whenever, own, through counseling. Whenever, like, whenever people treat you like that, you mark them off as nobody because you, you, you can tell who's there. You feel it in your heart. It's not, I, to, I, I told her this. I said, somebody can tell you all day long, Danny Grace, I love you. I love you. I love you. And they could say that over and over and over again. I said, but I love you means more than three words. And it means that when you look over at your program at school, I'm there and I'll always be there. When you're playing a ball game, if you want me to coach the team, I'll be there. If you want me to, uh, you know, uh, I taught her how to ride a bike. Like no matter what it is that you're doing in life, I'm going to be right there beside you and I'm going to be, I'm going to push you. I want the best you that you can always be, but I'm never going to leave your side because I know how it feels. Her mom knows how it feels. She's got some feeling of it, but I can always show her actions and along with telling her, I love you, but showing her that I love her to let her know that I'm in it with you for the forever. Well, think about the intuition of a child at that age. Think about what she went through at four years old till now. And then think about what you went through. And just recently, and I'll tell you a story of how kids nowadays, this is how in tune they are to what people's current situation. People just think, oh, they're five or six. You know, they're not going to think anything of it. My son is 10. And no, he's 11. Sorry, he just had a birthday. And very recently, you know, a personal situation happened that you know you know of and he walked up to me yesterday night and it, oh my god it broke my heart and um he walked up to me he he looked around and <clears throat> he saw me and presley and he said uh now this is exactly what you were you were kind of in telling he looked at me and he said he said listen daddy i don't want you i don't want to see you sad all the time just know that i'm always going to be here so when i hear that Whoa. when i hear that for my son and then I hear what Danny Grace is telling you no man that I know of unless they're in tune with their emotions would have sat on the floor with their child and cried with them and let them talk because me as a man even though I have kids me personally that wouldn't have been my first go-to because I was never taught to be emotional because my dad was never taught to be emotional so how can he pass something on to me that he didn't know so when you hear kids and, you know, just dismissing the fact that their age doesn't matter. But we as kids, you as a child dealing with what you deal with. And then Danny Grace and then Jude, like think of all these things that are happening. And the last thing that we would ever want them to do is see that we're in pain. Right. So 
when Danny Grace is going through all this with, with Leah and her baby daddy and you're sitting there and you're being supportive and you're being there with her and you're doing, you know, you're doing all that. Did you feel or did like, what did you feel when you, did you ever see like a look on her face that was just complete misery because she knew something was going on? Like, did you feel that? Yeah, some there there were times for sure because especially when it was time for her to to go over there and to to do those things and you know it, it I guess what bothered me more than anything was I just wanted to grab some adults by the neck and just shake them and say look we don't have to to we don't have to we're not always going to agree we don't have to have Sunday dinner together we don't have to. We don't have to do any of those things, but the what we should do as parents is one thing, and it's love a little girl, and that's your only job. You can hate my freaking guts, but my only goal every single day then and now is to love one little girl and to show her all my love and to give it to her and to show her what unconditional love is. Not what conditional love is, not what part timers give, but what full timers give, and that was that was probably what bothered me more than anything because I couldn't get a grasp on wake the hell up. There's a child in this mix, and you're acting so freaking foolish in front of her, you know. And 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 it came down to to humbleness and their heart and and stubbornness. And I would try and try and try to mend it and mend it. And finally, I was like, you know what? There's no mending this. Like, there's no there's no co-parenting here. There's no, we we can't relationship together. We can't, we cannot, this is not going to happen. No matter what, I was always, oh, well, you're just being a bitch. You know, there was one time uh, he got kicked out of the house and they got into it. And he calls and he says, hey, uh, you know, we're, we're splitting up. That, that happened every other day. And I humbly from my heart said, Hey, look, man, I'm sorry, everything that's going on. I truly am. And I want you to know that I have extra space in my house, okay? I have a storage here. If there's anything of Danny Grace's that you have that, you know, so you don't have to pay to get a storage unit or figure out where to put it, you're welcome to store it here, any of your clothes, toys. If you have stuff like that, any of your stuff, I will put it in your own little corner. And whenever you find a place or you know where you're going, I'll help you take it to the house, get it there. And the, what I got, and that was hard for me. That was really, this is someone that had handed Danny Grace over to us one day and said, uh, it's going to be, fuck you, you faggot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who even says that? Like in front in of front a of three-year-old her. child. But so that took a lot of humbleness out of my heart. And, and, and I had to humble myself down to say, you're, 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 you know what? Okay, Leslie, let all of that go. It's about, you know, what if her favorite Barbie is there and he, you know, throws it away or has to, or, or in this split mix up, it gets lost. Like you can bring it here and come get it anytime or I'll help you. And the response I got back was, fuck you. You're just a bitch. And I, after all that, you just and I said, thought, man, to, to, to be helpful. And like, I just, I just shook my head and I was like, I really meant that. Like from the bottom of my heart, I really meant it. But those types of people in this world, you can't, you can't relationship with. And, and the, the truth is when, when people aren't happy with themselves and aren't happy in their lives, um, 
they're never going to be happy with anybody. Um, just like we started this thing off by you have to love yourself before anybody else can love you, uh, or, or relationship with you or co-parent with you or, uh, any of that. It, it, it starts with you. And when others are miserable, they want to bring you down and, I'm too tough to let you do that and I would never let them and I stood strong in my in my you know how I felt and I could stay silent I didn't have to feed into to know to, to this bull crap about you know oh we just you're just a bitch and that's all you're trying to be and that's all you'll ever be because I know the truth and everybody around me knows the truth and I'm as true and as real and as humble as you'll ever find and like that's where my peace is and um you, you can't fix others you can't I've, I've said this this is probably my fifth time tonight saying this I'm not perfect I'll never be perfect but I strive every day to be the best human being that I can be and, and I'm gonna fail I do fail daily I, I you know I forget things or say things I'm not perfect but I, I try to learn from everything that happens and strive each day to be a better human and that's all I can do and and I'm the only one that has the answer for me others have to answer for themselves I want to talk about that real quick because I know that there was a there was a question on um somebody having court records or something that they could bring forward so I would like to get this on the record you know I had a child who was in therapy (coughs) with a counselor um one that I hadn't ever I mean I'd never personally seen her one-on-one I was recommended to her and and Leslie might have to help me here because I might get the animals mixed up. But through her play therapy, her counselor first started. And this is all on a court record because she testified in court to this. The counselor did. Um, Danny Grace, she dumped a bucket out of, it had everything in it. I mean, it had animals. It had um, Barbies. It had blocks. Okay. And, and Danny Grace was instructed to pick out something out of that bucket that represented everyone in her family. And this was such a slap in my face that this is how my child was seeing these people that were in her lives. And, and, and when she was over there to know that this is how she felt broke my heart that I had to send her over there. So she picked out a, what did she pick out for Cooper? I think it was a, was it a duck? Um, one was a like a little panda bear. She, yeah, yeah, she so that was you. No, I was. You were the Barbie. She picked out a little Barbie. I know, honey. Cause that I, was Leslie. <laughs> that's right. She picked out a. So she picked out a. She picked out. It was just a, a like a little Barbie because it was a girl, and she said that's because I was a police officer, and that's what her her mind went to. And for Cooper, yeah, it was like a little a duck, a little duck, you know, some kind of little duck, and she. Uh, picked her mom out as uh, I think a um, it was a, uh, some kind of panda bear, panda bear, yeah. a panda bear, and she picked a little pig out for herself, and she laughed and chuckled a little bit because we call her little piggy because she eats all the time, and she took those uh, four animals and things and sat them like literally these were dumped out, and she just said was told to pick out uh the family members and just place them you know where however wherever just pretty much it's play therapy and she sets us uh one side of the table all together and then she picks out a tiger uh for her dad 
and she sits it on the far other side of the table and she picks out a stingray for the other party and uh, she sits it to the far end of the table and she said I'm picking out the stingray because she hurts me and you know that speaks like volumes because there was no there was no script there was no I mean it was blocks it was crayons it was little barbies it was all sorts of different animals it was fruits and she just was told to pick out what you what represents each person in your your family and exactly there there's that's not something that's that you can uh teach or that's guide an, through that's uh, learned and embedded into that that's, memory that's just just straight truth um and what so much was said there from a little four-year-old little girl when she never spoke other than she, i'm picking this stingray because she hurts me you know that pisses me off i'm sorry that makes me more and i think that what infuriates it came, me a lot of time what it comes <laughs> down to and 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 you know here here comes leslie out like okay. here she comes and this is this is truly truly me um those two people that um, we uh, discuss about um, that others have those kinds of people in their life, you know, I, I, I never, I've never lived with either of those two. I've never personally really had the chance or got the chance to really know them. So I don't cast my judgments upon them. Because um, I feel like, you know, they were uh, two grown adults who didn't know how to act accordingly and didn't know that were having their own struggles and trials in their own lives or had as a child that they hadn't yet dealt with and still haven't dealt with. And I, 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 I think it come back down to they didn't know how to humble themselves down and love because they never truly loved themselves and couldn't get past all the hatred in their heart towards others and so like the humbleness of Leslie comes out and I tell you that there's no like there's no there's no I don't I don't I don't I don't hate these people I don't judge them you did what you did you done what you done I I I control Leslie and I pick up the pieces any day that you leave behind and I will place them one by one back together I do it daily. You made your choice. You made your decision on whatever reasoning that it was. That's what you have to live with. But I, I, I have moved past. There's, there's, you know, no hate in my heart towards these people. Um, I feel like if anybody from from the worst person in the world that is a serial killer. Um, to to the best hearted person there's all a chance that if you will get down to your heart and humble down that you can be a good human if it's all in your head and in your mind so I'm not saying that these two didn't have the don't have that in them to be good humans because I believe that we all have it in us but you have to find it and you have to search deep down and you have to love yourself first before you can be that good human. So I, I wanted to make sure I made that clear that that I, I've moved on and I've moved past it. I have no hate in my heart towards these people um, because I'm the one that has to answer for hate in my heart. And, um, you know, uh, 
it turned out the way it turned out. Um, I'm not going to say, like, man, I hate how it turned out. It turned out how it turned out for a reason. Yeah. And uh, it may not have been always be ideal. Um, anytime you can't mend a relationship or fix it or figure out how to freaking get along, yeah, it sucks. Like, man, it sucks that we can't get on the same page just a little bit. We're adults for these kids and, and, and make life easier for them. But it but it didn't work out. And I, I'm here to, to pick up those pieces and mend this, these pieces together. And I take a, a lot of pride in putting them back together and trying to make uh, – a full piece again and well, uh, well tell me this leslie like these people have wronged you these people have insulted you these people treated your daughter with disrespect uh fear of going over there pain and you instead of coming on here and completely bashing them what you have every right to do from what i'm hearing i i mean what you said about that stingray it infuriated me just then. You still were positive about them, saying, you know what, maybe this is something that they just weren't taught. You know, maybe this is something that something, you know, they went through and they don't know how to do this correctly. But, you know, if they would just open up their heart, like even then shows the character of how you are. And that's why I wanted you to come on this podcast, because so many people heard Leah they heard the passion, they heard the pain, they heard the misery, they heard the frustration in her story, but they didn't get your side because, you know, that was something, like I said, it was something that was off the script, we just, we got onto the topic and it took off from there, but to hear, to hear you, even after everything you went through as a child, after everything you went to an adult, through this whole marriage, through this whole thing with Danny Grace, you have still managed to be positive about them and give them the benefit of the doubt when they deserve absolutely no benefit of that doubt speaks like volumes of what kind of person you actually are, which was why people were so anxious when they found out that you were coming on this podcast yesterday when we posted it. I mean, the, the, the people reached were in the thousands of thousands of thousands because you were one that doesn't speak often, but when you do, it's you. And that's why people wanted to hear it. And I guess why, you know, I don't allow hate in my heart. I can't allow hate in my heart because the more hate that I allow in my heart, that's the less love that I'm able to give this little girl and others in my in my life, in my family. The more hate, I, I'm going to say it again, the more hate I allow in my heart and in my life means the less love that I can give out to to the ones who really deserve my love. And, and so I just won't allow the hate in my heart. And, and I always, always try to give people the benefit of the doubt and, 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 you know, I just hope that one day uh, people in, in the world that are dealing dealing with pain and struggling, whether it be from past childhood experiences, that they can find a way to deal with it and find some peace in their heart and, and be able to humble, the, humble their hearts down. And, and like, I, I sincerely mean that, um, I, you know, I just, I just won't allow the hate in and, um, I never will, because if I allow hate in, then I'm allowing them to these people to consume me uh, uh, again and 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 make this this hate just all in my heart. And, and it will consume you in a in the blink of an eye and make you have terrible thoughts and act out terribly and say things that you don't mean. And I just won't allow it, because, like I said, when I when I allow hate in my heart then that overflows into my family and into my life and into my world and I've got too much going on 
to positive too much positive going on to allow any negativity or hate in my life so I literally just uh it's there every single day people try I just laugh and go on and I go on about my day because one day I hope that they can look back and they can say you know what like they have that peace again they have that find that peace in their heart whatever it may be whether it be humbling humbling themselves down going to counseling being able to talk through because life is messy for all of us life is life is negative for all of us like life is messy it is it is a messy mess and learning how to deal with it in a positive manner is really 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 hard and sometimes it will try to like it's best to bring us down and make us such hateful mean humans and it's when you're able to punch it right in the face and say you know what I'm not going to let you win and I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to have a good month. I'm going to have a good year. I'm going to have a happy family. I'm going to live a happy life. I'm going to have a successful business and there's nothing you can do to stop me. And um, I just hope one day that, that people that are dealing with that in their lives, that they can humble themselves down and think, you know what? All right. Uh, I'm going to, because change comes because you can't change others. So true change comes from within yourself. Um, because that's the only thing that you have control over. You can't control whether these people are going to humble themselves down, change what they're going to do or how they're going to act. But one thing you can't control is you. And that's where it starts with your inner peace comes from yourself. Nobody else. And and that's why I, I, I mean, you have to know that I live with this. So the, no, no I'm serious. I was just, I'm literally, I swear to God, right before you spoke, I was going to say, Leah, this this is your wife. Yeah, like I live with this. So so the reason that I'm sitting here today, the reason that I ever reached out to my counselors, the reason that I ever realized like no wonder why my life is a wreck and I ruin everything and I scream at people and I don't ever admit when I'm wrong yeah, and, and I, and I like, get defensive. <laughs> I I'm the I was I was the most defensive person ever, but it was because I I always thought like if she criticizes me or, or or has any kind of constructive criticism, it hurt my feelings because I think that she don't love me anymore. Like I'm constantly chasing somebody to love me. So so all of the things that she has said, I have lived with. And, and she's part of my counseling. She's part of my story. She's the reason I can sit here. She's the reason I have hope. And, you know, somebody just sent me this. I can be truthful. I want to be. I want to make sure I say this on here because it's really on my mind. The the people that even two years ago that knew Leah that uh, that knew her when she was twelve years old or two years ago, when she tells you on here that she's a different person, believe her because she's oh. a different person. Oh, I know. I'm not Trust saying me. she's perfect. I'm I not heard. perfect. None of us are. She has. She still has a long ways to go. Her story isn't over, but. We call it, we have a name for it, and uh, that name is called Little Leah, and sometimes Little Leah comes out. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Are you embarrassed? <laughs> no, I talked about it's Little Leah. Tr- it's the truth. So, we so talk- So, Little Leah is the adolescent Leah. That's right. She and goes, she comes out. like She does. And so, when I, ha- when I sit here and tell you that Leah is not the same person she was two years ago when we were dealing with uh, co-parenting and when we were dealing with- uh, the courts and she's not she's not the same person that she was four years ago and I would certainly probably have to say that she's not the same person she was when she was 12 years old so my whole spiel that I just gave about giving someone a chance you know I, I really believe in that no no matter how much your heart wants to, to dislike them or hate them humble yourself down and give them a chance sometimes don't don't take 
face value on what somebody else just tells you about him because people can change and they can humble themselves down and they can, you know, say, all right, as tough as it is, like, like she said, you know, neither of us are perfect. And, and, you know, but one thing I can tell you about, about me is if you can't get along with me, you can't get along with anybody because I will be the first to, to, to humble down and say, I'm sorry. Like, let's talk through this. I'm sorry that if I, if I approached you the wrong way, if I said something out of context, if I said something in a manner, I shouldn't have said it or in a tone, I shouldn't have said, I apologize for that because maybe I was a little heated at that moment. I was a little upset because maybe I, it was a miscommunication, but it's being able to communicate and talk through those times that make you that strong adult and teach your kids what it's like and how to be a strong adult because we are teaching our children how to deal with situations and if they they learn by our our behavior and and I'm a firm believer in that you learn by what they learn by what how we act um so I wanted to get that off that yes I I would say she's not uh you know every now and then little Lil come back out and She'll laugh. I'll say that attitude that you have. I'll tell her, reach in your pocket. And she'll look at me and I'll say, Leah, reach in your pocket. And she'll kind of roll her eyes and I say, reach in your pocket and get that attitude and throw it on the ground and stomp on it. Because we don't have that here. It's like, <laughs> she, I will literally make her reach in her pocket, act like she has something that she's getting out of her pocket and throw it on the ground. Well, and you know, like in my past relationships, even friendships, I would say that, um, uh, I would say that when they spiraled out of control and got out of hand, I was to blame because I was defensive and I was, I wasn't able to see that I did any wrong because I didn't want to. And, and when I did have to see that, when I had to look down in my in, inside and like really do some soul searching to see what my triggers were, for example, um, it was like a, it was just an eye opener. Like, this isn't my fault. None of this was my fault. This is, this is a result of childhood trauma and things that happened in my life that made me the way that I was. But I had to make the decision to rise above it or our marriage would have failed. Yeah. I would have just, I mean, I would have, it's fight or flight. And I would have <clears> been <throat> like, screw you. You're not going to tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm never wrong. And if you don't love me, that's fine. That's fine because everybody has everybody turned on in, yeah, me. Everybody uh, walked out on me. You're just another one. Well, it's the well, it's the guard up when you, when all you've had to do was keep your guard up oh, most yeah. of your life. So Absolutely. You're on the defense all the time. Mm-hmm. You're super aggressive when challenged. Mm-hmm. So, how was it when you meet someone like Leslie, who's com- like super optimistic and comforting? So, when you are having your fits. How was she able to calm you down from those fits? Or how long did that take for you to actually, you know, Leslie, how long did that take for you to actually learn that, like, learn that behavior that she was putting out? The first fight we had, I locked her in the closet. (laughs) And I came out a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I did. And I was like, you're, like, we're not doing this. Like, you're, I mean, it was bad. It was bad, bad. So I feel like it was a communication thing. And and I, I had to open my eyes and my ears and my heart and listen to her triggers and I would try to, all right, what triggers, what triggers Leah? And, and as mad as you get, and I'm not saying that I hadn't, 
I've never, I've never called her out of her name. I will, will never call her out of her name. I've never laid a hand on her, nor will I ever do that. That's not who I am because, again, I have to answer for what Leslie does, says, or how, or how I act. But You had never laid a hand on me? No. Really? You would know, honey. No, I don't mean like. Oh, oh God! We're not going. Go- Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're not going there. No, I want to hear that. What reaction. about a finger? Oh, God. oh no, she did. Oh, okay. No. Anyway, tell me how you felt about the orgasm. I want to hear that. I, I, I never got to that oh, question. God, she when you heard that, how, how embarrassed did you get? I was so embarrassed because, like, <laughs> that that is like that's her personality. She does not think before she speaks. Like she. You, I think things and like it, it's a professional level and I'm like okay well we were we were kind of I had to learn to like laugh about it although my eyes were like oh my god she didn't just like she did I mean this wasn't just like one-on-one talk like uh the whole the whole world's gonna listen here and so yeah I was, I was proud of you I know you and were me. I know I know okay okay but it's just something we don't <laughs> I, I wouldn't put on here and that's just her person I went and we got to talking about it. I said that's like when she goes live and she does live videos downtown yeah like she'll hold a dress up and be like that's the ugliest damn dress I've ever seen y'all come on buy it and everybody's like oh do you have uh 25 more that I could get and and I'm like Lee just one girl came in and she was like Lee you just sold me sunglasses on a rainy day like who does that how are you able to do it and I and we talked about it like and people enjoy her live videos one they're getting to one they're getting to see things we have for sale and two you never know what she's gonna do and if I pull it up on the live and it's ugly I'm like who the hell brought this in (laughs) and then my my live would be so boring it would be so straightforward and to the point and by the books I'd be like Okay, we just got this shirt in today. We have it in a small, medium, and large, and it's twenty-eight dollars. Robotic. We, ju- we just got this dress in today, and it is. Uh, we have it in a medium and a large, and it's thirty-two dollars. Next, and it would be so damn boring. So, I- I- maybe I could make it a little more fun than that. But that's where we're different, and we probably equal each other out. Like, yeah, there's like my eye roll emoji is top on my thing. <laughs> Uh, like because of, the, of Leah. like on the first line of oh it? it's the very very <laughs> top one because uh that's most most days but you know we i have seen a huge change in leah and um i guess the hardest things that we dealt with was one stubbornness because we're human and we're 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 we as humans never want to think we're wrong i don't care who you are i i don't like to admit if i'm wrong and I'm a very humble person, and I hate to admit when I'm wrong. But uh, that's what it takes to make relationships work, and none of us want to do that. And two, I think it was communication. Communication is key. And uh, number three, trust. And you have to, you have to, no matter, even though you don't want to, I do not want to trust anybody in this world. I don't trust very many people. And it comes back to your story and what's happened to you in life and hers is the same so trust was a huge thing when it comes to really opening your heart and letting somebody truly love you because you don't trust that you don't who does that nobody truly loves anybody nobody truly trusts anybody and so dude trust is, trust and love is the hardest thing to give and the easiest to take away it is it is a part of you that you tap into your your own subconscious and your mentality to give someone that type of affection and that type of love and give them basically a part of you that is not easy to come by. So when people give that part to somebody and then it 
turns out to be a dud basically it, it chips away at the at the confidence of trusting people and just your surroundings because you feel like history always history always repeats itself but that's never really the case i mean look she's had shitty relationship after shitty relationship and now she's met you even though kinks were worked out because your personalities are opposite that doesn't mean that it wasn't a great fit because no matter how you know how you know how she may be when she has fits you you're still there no matter if you're calm but you're always optimistic and you're still being that solid foundation that she needed when all that stuff was going on so when you're when you when you're so consistent with 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 the support and 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 the love and the care like jesus christ like that like i said volumes of respect about your personality and who you are because this whole time like i said you could have downgraded everybody who has spoken negative negative to negatively about you on the podcast or about the podcast but instead you come on here you come on here and you speak positive and you try to teach people that being positive and being a decent person doesn't take effort it just takes a little bit of time and understanding to reach that point in your life um your mind will be the first thing that messes you up and letting your mind tell you oh man uh, the hell with those folks like who the hell do they think they are and letting them consume you and let letting them incorporate hate in your heart because you allowed that you allowed hate to become to come into your heart you allowed them to you allow these people in this world that that wrong you that don't care about you that don't care about themselves you allowed them to come into your heart and and, and bring hate in and you, to me, I, I blame myself if I allow that to happen. I, I don't I don't blame them because I don't got control over them and, and I never will. So I don't give them that satisfaction. I don't give them that I don't give them that much uh, that much pull uh, to have that much control because they don't control me and and they're, they're not ever going to only only I control me. And that has been the biggest like life changer in my in my life that has made the biggest difference is, you know, I'm not perfect. I, I, God, I'm not, I'm so far from it. I have so many flaws. Um, I used to be a lot e- easily to anger than I am now. I did. Uh, and shit would just make me so mad, you know, and I learned that nothing good came out of that. Whenever I acted out and I, and I, you know, you fly off the handle and you're cussing and you're screaming and hollering. And when it all gets over, like, what good can what good happened from it like you might feel a little bit better for a little while but you said things out of hate you said things you didn't mean and so to me I may think those things in my head but I try not to let them come out do they sometimes yes um there's been times where little Leah would come out and I'm like you know what like you're wearing me out uh like this is wearing me out but so I would still try to grasp back in and humble myself down and say all right like we have to communicate. We have to talk to one another. We have to figure this out and try not to say things out of hate. And um, people struggle with that. They, they a lot of times open their mouths and say very hurtful, hateful things uh, just because they, that's all they know. And they haven't uh, had that learned behavior to, um, to learn how to be a good human. And I just, I mean, like I really hope and I hope that one day, like those people that have so much hate in their heart are able to humble themselves down because life is so much, uh, it's so much more fun. It's so much more enjoyable. 
And I've never been at peace more than I am now with my life because I don't allow hate in my heart Duh, for anything. I'm in it. <laughs> I mean, for, like it takes it's long, like a you know a lo- I guess a long time to get there. And it, you you know you said it's easy, and it is. It's easy. It's a mind thing, but it's hard, and it's a lot of work sometimes because acting foolish and acting irrationally is the most the easiest. Flying off the freaking handle is the easiest. Cussing somebody out is the easiest. When you hold yourself back and you you process it in your head before you speak and open your mind and I mean open your mouth and say say stuff that is just irrational and make yourself look foolish, you know, that that makes a huge difference in in your character. And so, you know, that's how I want to be viewed. That's who I am. That's how I want to be viewed. And you're not going to get me to lose my shit. I'm sorry. You haven't lost it yet. I've been waiting on it. I'm not going to. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to. You're not. They, they don't have that control over me. And they, they never will. Well, the good thing is I was able to get you on here. Because I really didn't think when, when I talked to Leah, when, when the responses were just. I mean, I'm going to just be real with you. They were very impressive. Like, even me. Like, I. You know, I interviewed somebody from 3-6 Mafia, and, like, they did great numbers, too. But y'all's numbers surpassed it completely. Like, y'all have done amazing. Because and it's because re- people know us. Like, yeah. the people who know <coughs> us, truly know yeah. us, um, they love us. And, and in four years, we have – the people that we – that are in our lives, they're our family. Like, they replaced – the negative they replaced i was talking to one girl today and it's so crazy a lot of our customers and i call them customers but they're like our family for real like every just about every person that leaves is like i love you bye and Mm. and i mean today i counted like i was i was actually sitting in the floor helping a girl with her she was doing a display for jewelry and i told her uh uh, someone had came in and got picked up their shirt and, and everything and She's like, all right, see you, see you tomorrow. I love you. Bye. And then the girls that work for us came in and they shopped around, shopped in, shopped around today because they had the day off. And when they left, they were like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. I love you. Bye. And I counted like the number of people that. Mm-hmm. And they truly that's, love That's us. how we communicate. Like, and we truly love, like, so I guess the bigger picture here is and the positive in our negative stories um, or what would be viewed as a negative story is that. We have a freaking huge family mm-hmm. um, that of people that support us and yeah. that tell us how much they love us and care about us daily. They don't. They may not be blood, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, I, I, I reflected. I was reflecting on it and and preparing for the podcast tonight, and I really sat today and 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 listened and stopped for a little bit to think of how many people come in there and when they leave they're like okay i love y'all i love you mm-hmm. and man it just like it gives me chills thinking about it because it's such a huge thing because it's more it's more than a business to us it's more than uh oh it's just a oh it's a success story you got a, an award yesterday it's so much more than that like yeah. these people are literally our family and i think they 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 know who we truly are because you know what they don't just hear us say Okay, I love you. Bye. They see our actions towards them, and it's the same thing when I'm talking to my eight-year-old little girl about actions speaking louder than words. And I can say, "Hey, I love you all day. I'll, I'll love you. I'll see you tomorrow." But 
my going the extra mile to help this girl find this perfect outfit when she's feeling down on herself or me going that extra mile when my buddy's going through a hard time or having a bad day, me slowing down and stopping and doing what I'm doing. Those are actions. And those are true actions that show a true person's colors. Yeah, I could hang my phone up and be like, you know, I'm too busy to deal with this shit today. I don't have time to talk to these people. I got my own damn problems. I've got my own stress. But you're not yourself. That's not that's not what it is to me. Yeah. Like my because I want to be treated. I want to treat others how I want to be treated. Yeah. And when I'm going through things, because I do. And when I'm having a bad day. I want. I would hope that my people, my family, my friends, the ones that I say I love you to, and they say I love you, I see you tomorrow. When I'm going through those days or those hard times, I know, I know that my people are going to stop what they're doing and pick up that phone and call me and talk to me and text me and get me through those hard times. And I have to do the same in return for them. And so, a lot of times, even in your in your marriage, in any relationships, there's times. For example, this y'all are going to laugh at this, but. A couple of Saturdays ago, it was Leah's birthday weekend, and I was like, Leah, you know what? Stay home. Enjoy your weekend off. And I've never even told her this, so this is the first time she's ever heard this. Um, and I went and worked that Saturday at the store by myself, right? And we were absolutely slammed, but I wanted her to stay home, enjoy the time with the kids. It's her birthday weekend. I get to the store, and it's around 1030-ish. We open at 10, 1030, 11-ish, maybe between 10 and 12. It's maybe 11 o'clock. And my phone rings and it's Leah and I'm the, the, the line to check out is all the way to the door. My phone rings, it's Leah and I always answer. She does not. So anybody listening, <laughs> if you need anything, call Leslie because Leah will not answer. She will not respond. Okay. Uh, it's nothing personal. Please Three don't take days it. Later. Please don't take it personal. But my phone rings and it says it's Leah. And so I, I, you never know if something's wrong. Like I, I always answer. So I, I pick up the phone and she says, Hey, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm working, you know, she said, I can't get the speaker beside the pool to work. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, that's in my mind. I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me right now. It is 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning. The line is out the door. This is what my mind was thinking. And she is calling me right now because she can't get the speaker to play the music that she wants beside the pool. But that was important to her at that moment. And I could have easily said, all right, Leah, like the line's out the freaking door. Do I do that sometimes? Yes. I, I, I make mistakes sometimes, but I really try to watch what I'm, how I'm saying because I, I am on her a lot of times about her tone with me and she doesn't hear or her tone with others. I'm like, you don't, you're saying things and it's your tone. It's not always what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. And I thought, you know what? And I, and I tell her all the time, she's a very independent human being uh she's a very independent woman and i tell her times i said Leah, i feel like sometimes you don't need me i-n-d-e-p-n-d-e-n-d see what i have to do with so so i i thought at that moment at that moment i thought it's stupid and i think this is so freaking dumb and i'm so irritated right now in my head but she needs me and she needs me to help her fix this speaker and that's important to her right now so I said, well, try turning it off and turning it back on and plug it, turning your phone off. I don't know. I went through the spill with her. And, yeah, was I a little frustrated? Yeah, but that's what like it she, comes down to. That's what she needed that day. Well, that's, relax, what it comes you know? that's what it comes down to. I, I stopped what I was doing, even though, you know, if you're not in the mix of a messy day, a messy relationship, a messy breakup, a messy divorce, 
just life, messy life, when you're not in the mix of it, although you've been there before, we've all been there, but when you're not in the middle of it, sometimes it's not as important to you. But we need to stop and realize that what some is going on in someone else's life and they're they're upset about it it's important to them and 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 we have to remember that we've been in that position before or we've been in that place where some of the silly stuff might not it's not important to us but at that moment their heart is hurting and they need a listening ear or they need someone to to guide them through that day to get them through and like we as good humans and good people and good friends need to always make sure that we take the time and we stop and we're there for those people because that's what they'll remember more than anything. Because I know when I'm going through a crisis, have been through a crisis or having a shitty day, I remember who, who answers my phone call and who's there to be like, no, tell me it's going to be okay and just lifting me up. Because sometimes that's all you need to hear, you know, and and it goes a long way. So, Well, a friendly reminder is always something, especially from someone who has always got your best interest in hand and not for any of their own benefit. Even like me, like I text you. A couple of times a day i knew you were busy i saw the lives i knew you were so busy but i still text you because i was free at the moment but when you got to my messages you responded to me the way i responded to you which was in paragraphs and you were being encouraging and it's that's what i'm saying like you don't owe me that but you do that because if you show me that you can do that for me and when i have a situation where i could be like that for somebody else i learn from you so that so that so the behavior, like you said, is learned behavior that I can pass on, and my son will see me doing that for somebody else. You know, the story. I feel like we couldn't even get to the have to have. I mean, most of the story that we want to get to, we we've gotten through a lot of the stuff. I have tons of questions left. I really want to go on the limb and say we need to do another one, if that's okay with y'all. Because since we got Leslie's story this time, and we touched a little bit on the podcast, the first uh, on the first podcast, there's a lot of things that people wanted to ask Leah about everything that transpired from everything that was posted, everything that was said. And I feel like that would be a really interesting segment as far as touching into why people are just jumping the gun off what they see and not actually getting to know it. I really want to get to the next episode on the outcome of the whole first podcast. And then we're going to end up getting (laughs) the reaction from this one too. Um, Thank y'all so much for coming in. This has been two hours and i've enjoyed every bit of your story i i love the the rawness of it i love how authentic you are and encouraging you are and me personally i've seen how um how i'm grateful to be your friend um and i feel like we need to touch on the rest of it on the next episode um this is let's discuss it with jay uh leah and leslie daniel this will be on apple Podcasts, google play music anchor and it will soon be on spotify be on the lookout thank you